Hey folks, uh, it's Jeremy here. You're about to hear the setup for our Passion de las Pasiones game, which is what we're going to be running for the entirety of October. But before we get into that, I just wanted to go over the character guidelines that we are using to make these characters. Uh, we did have a discussion about this inside the episode itself, but it was in kind of a weird place. So I just wanted to put it up top. First and foremost, all characters are Latin. This is a telenovela. Secondly, we will not be doing any accents because that is really gross and we are not going there. And third, and kind of most importantly, character, not caricature. So no, you know, racial or ethnic stereotypes again, because that's really gross and we just don't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> Uh, so hope you enjoy. We definitely did. Uh, this game is absolutely fantastic. Thank you to Brandon Lang and Betta for making it, and uh, we'll see you on the other half. And welcome back. Uh, we're not going to be playing Masks for the next month. Uh, so for October, a special treat for everybody, we're going to be playing Pasión de las Pasiones by Brandon Leon Gambetta. It is one of my favorite games. It does a lot of things really good, so hopefully you enjoy these episodes. If not, if you just want to get back to Masks, uh, we'll see you in November. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you'll stick around with us. This is the setup for our Pasión game. It's called El Poder del Amor, The Power of Love, uh, which is a long-running... A uh, super popular telenovela in the universe of Apex City. <laughs> super popular. Uh, super. <laughs> ha, ha. Oh, lordy. Uh, uh, uh. El Poder del Amor is celebrating its 200th episode. It's kind of a cultural phenomenon. So the framing narrative for this, which you'll get to, is that the kids and a bunch of other people are gathering at uh, Tony Rex Dakota's drive-in theater to watch these on a theater-sized screen. Uh, as you do. It's worth mentioning that since this is a universe with superpowers, uh, some of the characters on this show have superpowers, and a lot of the crew members have superpowers. So, like, you have flying camera operators, which let you get, like, these big sweeping vista shots. Most of your stunt people are some form of super tough or invulnerable, so you can get some really, like, highly dramatic action scenes. And obviously sometimes the actors have powers, and sometimes those powers don't actually line up with the powers that their characters have, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of shakes out. The show itself centers around a lavish coastal resort town called Virtude, and the aristocratic Castillo family who live there, and also the power struggles that surround them from inside the family, from this like shadowy criminal world that surrounds them, uh, and then a bunch of you know characters cast out around that. Because again, this show has been going for 200 episodes, so there's lots of storylines. So with that, let's go ahead and get into the characters you can expect to see in this. So with me today, uh, we have Christina, Jordan, and Nan. Uh, Lenny will unfortunately not be joining us for Pasión de las Pasiones. But of the three of you, do any of you want to kind of uh, start off with character intros? Okay, so, you know, this some of this can change as we go along, but um, I am leaning towards La Empleada, the, the employee playbook. The character that I've sort of come up with is named Servador. Full name Servador Dali, but uh, mostly just Servador. Uh, because obviously Servador is a service robot who works in the Castillo household. What? Christina playing a robot? What? 
<laughs> right? I know. The character is a robot, but it's being played by a human woman. So any of the stunts are subbed in with an actual robot. Because, you know, the actress has no actual powers whatsoever. The actress is a normal human, used to be as some sort of a pop star. But then, you know, she left music to join soap operas. As you do. Yes, as you do. You know, it's it's a career move in some direction. It's a choice. I mean, it might be a little lateral, but, you know, it is what it is. So, so Nan, Jordan, do you have a playbook that you are perhaps looking at? I am looking at LaDonna, which is the matriarch to some degree. Like the power partner of the duo, possibly the partner being not around anymore. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the character. Like, who who are you? When I was reading the Castillo family, I thought we were playing as members of the Castillo family. You ab- you absolutely can. Oh, rad. Okay. Yeah. And none, none of these characters are off the table if you want to play them. I've, okay, perfect. Because I was looking at Rosa Castillo, but then uh, Christina made up a completely new character. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't come prepared <laughs> for that. That's totally fine. <laughs> If you want to play Rosa Castillo, by all means. Yeah, I want to play Rosa Castillo, please. She's the oldest Castillo. She's the a beautiful older daughter. She has pharaokinesis, um, and she's currently being blackmailed to marry Marcel Hidalgo. So, and that just sounds enchanting. Uh, so, as we open up on episode two hundred, something that has been going on is that there's this long plot that's gone throughout season ten, where this corrupt police officer named Marcel Hidalgo has been blackmailing Rosa Castillo into marrying him, so that he might have access to the Castillo family fortune. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you're playing uh, Rosa under Ladonia. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I, I like the the move. I was beautiful once. I think is what it was. <laughs> Which I think is just an encha- just an amazing power ability. <laughs> it's such a good it's such a good playbook. <laughs> it really is. All of them. Every are. playbook in this, yeah, they're all good. They're, they're all, all really, really good. Really good. But Ladonna's yeah. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan, do you have an idea of what playbook you're looking at yet? I might play uh, El Caballero, and um, oh man, do I want to make someone up or do I want to play? You make an amazing Marcel Hidalgo. Well, that doesn't really work for the gentleman, but. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind, of, he's kind of a shady character. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Also, I am already playing a dark, shady character. <laughs> I don't really want to repeat that. Arturo Bravo. I was actually thinking Andrea de la Cruz. Andrea is um, the head of security for the Castillo family. Right. And she is secretly in love with one of the Castillo children, namely Ignacio Castillo, who is the middle son, the reluctant middle son. So yeah, I'm absolutely fine with all of these. This is fantastic. The thing that is going to tell us the most about your playbook is your playbook's questions. So in Pasión de las Pasiones, you do not have stats, you have questions. Every basic move has two questions, and your playbook has a third that is always added. So let's start from the top. Christina, who is playing Servidor, what is your question? Are you in over your head? Nan, as Rosa, what is your question? Are you keeping your hands clean? And last but certainly not least, uh, Andrea, what is your question? Are you handling things without guile and head on? Now, something I had not um, I had not detailed with Andrea is whether or not she has a superpower. So I'm going to leave that up to you. Okay. Does she have a superpower? And this can be the actor, uh, so, so the actress or the character. I'm going to go with a uh, straight up no on, on both of those. No. No powers. So it is worth mentioning the Castillo family uh, does have generational superpowers. They all have powers that deal with metal and variations thereon. So, like, Ignacio has a metallic form that he can take on. 
Ophelia, the youngest daughter, can change the states of metal, so she can change them from, like, liquid to a solid. They all have metal-based powers, and they're head of security. Just a normal lady. So Andrea must be pretty competent uh, (laughs) if she's bodyguarding these people. With that, do we have any other questions about the setting that we need to detail, or should we kind of jump into, like, stuff to expect? Well, the Castillo family's super wealthy, because we have an ancestral silver mine. Yes, uh, which which was stolen from you back in season four, uh, you reclaimed it in season six, and it was actually collapsed at the end of season seven, so it's not really a big thing right now. <laughs> but that's where most of the wealth comes from initially. Uh, Felipe Castillo is the mayor, and has been since season mm. eight. Thing. And Felipe is kind of the, the patriarch uh, of the Castillo family. So he's, you know, an older guy with a lot of, you know, political power, obviously. How I'm being, I was approached by Marcel Hidalgo, a corrupt police officer with blackmail about my family. The audience doesn't know what this blackmail is. It's going to be revealed. I must marry him and place him in line to inherit the entire Castillo empire. Yeah, because right now you are the oldest child, which means uh, you would be, you know, the sole beneficiary should... Should something happen to Felipe. This episode opens with the day of the wedding. So this is... Yes. Yeah. So when we open the episode, it is going to be the morning of that wedding. I do want to ask a couple of questions. Um, let's let's start with Servador here. Sure. You are a robot in the employ of the Castillo family. How did that happen? And what is, what is your job? What do you do? <laughs> so I do general household chores. Um, my reasoning is that the reason this... The Castillos have a robot is because they can control metal. So, you know, they want something metallic in case, you know, so I, you know, they always have control over me. That's just my general thought. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is, (laughs) when you think about it, kind of shows a dark side of the Castillo family. (laughs) Right. Are you their only robotic servant or is this a a running theme with them? That's a good question. Um, I hadn't imagined other robotic servants, but now that we think about it, perhaps there could be many others. Uh, perhaps that's a question for for Nan for Rosa. That's that's fair, Rosa. Uh, so so we know so we know that at least the one servant is a robot. Has your family like really gotten into robot servants? I'm going to say that she's a prototype. Okay, she's the only one right now. Prototype first one. Yeah. Fo- Follow up question to that: You're a prototype robot. Who made you? Oh, let's see. Let, let me let me phrase this a different way. Let me phrase this. Uh, make this question a little more leading. Sure. Were you created by some villain? Uh, I'm going to go with definitely. <laughs> I'm going to say that I was, let's let's just throw something out here. I was created by a villain from a previous season during the Silvermine sort of storyline. And I was inserted into the plot in order to, you know, weaken the Castillos. But since that plot has sort of gone out of the way, they've sort of like hand waved him going away. So now I'm not like that anymore. I'm just here. So you were once some sort of robotic spy sent to a corrupter. But through the power of love, I was converted to their side. Oh, so we were a nice family. (laughs) Some people are. Or at least passionate. (laughs) I I mean, you know, there's good, there's bad. It's all about the drama. Right. I I think with that, we have enough set up about characters. So, so with that, uh, let's let's get into the character relationships because that's really where these things start to shine. And I want to start since we actually have a Castillo and they are the focal family of the show. Let's start with Rosa. So for Ladonia, uh, your relationships are blank is someone you've sparred with for a very long time, and blank is like a broken little bird you take care of. <laughs> well, in that case, Servador is going to be my broken little bird that I take care of. One hundred percent. I love this. <laughs> and then my someone you've sparred with for a very long time. 
I want to pick Ophelia, my sister. No, 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 change your mind. I want Felipe Castillo, who is actually not Felipe Castillo. It's actually Fernando Castillo. So the audience knows this. Obviously, these characters do not. But what the audience knows is that two seasons ago, Felipe was replaced by his twin brother, Fernando, who was thought killed in the mine collapse back in season seven. Yes. The real Felipe has been trapped in a pocket dimension since season eight, which the writers appear to have forgotten about. Right. But since that time, Felipe and Rosa have not gotten along ever since the switch right. happened. Yeah, ever since the switch. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just know maybe you just like feel like something is off, something is wrong. Felipe has been a little more erratic and maybe a little more mean spirited lately. Yeah, I want him. I want Felipe to be the person I'm sparring with and have been sparring with for several seasons. And and I do I do want to ask this question because you are sparring with uh, Felipe, who is unbeknownst to you, your uncle Fernando. What is the key disagreement between the two of you? What are you sparring over? I'm going to say that he is the one who provided the blackmail information to Marcel. Okay, okay. So so you know that Yes, he is he is involved with my forced marriage. Oh, that's good. Uh, let's let's move over then uh, to Servador. Yes. Uh, and your relationships are Blank holds control over your well-being as your employer, and Blank was the first person who was nice to you despite your humble beginnings. Right. I mean, I think obviously it should be Felipe being my employer as sort of the patriarch of the Castillos. Really, though, anyone could have been the first person to be nice to me. I'm actually kind of leaning in the direction of Andrea de la Cruz. Being the first person that was nice to me. Because, you know, you're, you don't have superpowers, so you, you understand me as sort of... Oh man, that is totally the opposite of where I was going to go with that relationship. But okay, <laughs> cool. We, we play to find out what changes. <laughs> Tell me what you were thinking and we'll work with it. I was, I, I mean, I wasn't going to make it my, one of my relationships necessarily, but I was going to have this concept of uh, on being the head of security uh, I, that Andrea absolutely does not trust this robot. Ooh. So I can go either way with this. I just, whichever way you want. In true telenovela fashion, neither of these are mutually exclusive. I was going to say both. <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah. This show has been going for 200 episodes. Okay, okay. So secretly, secretly, I absolutely don't trust robots and hate them. Let me pitch you something. So when Servitor first showed up, Andrea did not trust this robot that everyone else seemed to be like welcoming into the Castillo family. Right. And Andrea, Andrea was right. Uh, because Servador yeah. was initially sent by a villain to infiltrate the family and undermine them from within. But Servador, at some point, proved that they had um, thrown in their lot with the Castillos, which earned Andrea's respect. I can dig that. I like it. I want to add another layer of complication to this. I think you're suspicious. You're becoming suspicious of me again because Ooh. you think I'm having an affair with Ignacio. Mm, who I am secretly in love with. Yes. Because I do have two suitors. That's true. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, we can work with that. So okay. let's move over to uh, to Andrea then. Uh, your relationships are blank is the person you go to when you're stuck and has seen your soft side. And blank knew you when you used to get in trouble and has seen your hard side. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, Andrea has a very secret history with top secret military stuff that she was previously involved in. Hence why she is capable as a bodyguard, despite the fact that she does not have any superpowers. 
I think that one of the only people who is fully aware of everything Andrea has done, which probably not even the audience knows at this point, but I think the character who knows all of that is Rosa. And as far as the opposite side of that... No, I'm just trying to decide if I want to pull on a character that we haven't even mentioned yet off this list, or if that... Absolutely, go for it. Okay, um, in that case, let's go with um, Father Rodolfo Medina as the opposite, the other one. Yes. Nice. So, so Father Medina has seen your soft side. Correct. He is the one that I go to for advice on more general life things uh, or, or issues and knows that I am not necessarily uh, who has seen the softer, more squishy side of Andrea. Nice. And for the audience, uh, Father Medina is a priest with a dark past and ice powers. He is uh, one, of the, one of the priests at the Cathedral of St. Anthony of Padua. He's definitely a character that's been around. He's kind of a dark horse. He's only been around for a couple of seasons, but he's starting to to ramp up storyline-wise. So I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, Is there anything else with these relationship webs in mind um, that we need to establish between these characters or any of the others that are mentioned? Is Andrea my bodyguard? Andrea is the head of security for your entire family, uh, so she is not your specific bodyguard. Just for the family in general. Yeah, so she, like, coordinates security for the entire estate. Okay. What pronouns are, are for these characters? That's, yes, absolutely. Let's let's address that. Sure, uh, yeah. as, So as written, as written, Andrea and Rosa uh, are both she, her, but that can change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not married to anything. And, uh... I, I am not sure about Servidor. So I have Servidor as using either androgynous or masculine. So either they or he. The way I envision this is initially the character was introduced as very as a very masculine character, as sort of a bumbling sidekick, but they've since sort of toned that down in later seasons to be more androgynous, but they sort of switch. So either one. And do we want to change anything with Rosa or Andrea? I think I'm good. I'm good with Rosa. I just wanted to clarify just to just be sure. Just be sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The last thing that I want to kind of hit before we wrap up this particular episode and get into the episode proper is your moves. So every playbook has a specific number of moves. uh, And let's just go over those right quick so that the audience knows what to expect. I want to start here actually with Andrea. El Caballero takes two moves. So what are you what are you looking at? Oh, please go with Grand Gesture. I I, I, I was thinking Grand Gesture, but on the other hand, I don't know if that really fits. It always fits. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, It makes too much sense to not take four-year protection. Uh, That that just fits the character very well. Hmm. Which one? Four-year protection. So uh, when you offer your protection to someone and they accept, hold one, spend that hold to appear in a scene with them at any time. Which seems awesome. Just show up in the middle of a random scene if you have I permission. Would del- I would love it if like we clearly had a scene with you, like somewhere else in the house, and then <laughs> I'm like being attacked, and then you're like just teleport inexplicably just like kicked oh, out the I door. I'm just like uh, so yes. I'm definitely taking that. And the other one, I'm thinking probably take a stand. And briefly go over take a stand. What does that do? When you step in to defend someone, roll up the questions. Are you trying to impress them? Is the law being broken? On a 79, hold 1. On a 10+, plus, hold 3. When you stand in their defense, spend hold 1 for 1 to protect them from an attack and take the hit instead. Keep someone from leaving the room unless they go through you. Or <laughs> take plus 1 on striking with violence against someone who threatens harm. And if I miss, uh, you show your hand too soon. You're at their mercy, and the aggressor can inflict a condition on you or the target. Ooh. Just fits super well as head of security. 
Nice. I love that. Uh, let's move over to Servidor for a sec. What moves do you want, uh, or what moves have you chosen? So, La Empleada always has a feature, which is my suitors. So I start with that. So there are two people who are my suitors who are actively courting me, uh, no matter if I'm already in a relationship or not. And I choose one of them to be my love. So right now I've selected Rosa to be one of them as, as my love. And I've also like sort of preliminarily selected Ignacio Castillo as the other one. Not sure if that quite fits, but because it, it, it could be like something that Andrea just suspects, but he's not actually courting me. So we can go either way on that one. I mean, I have him in there for now, but you know, we, we can switch these guys around all the time. So uh, I take plus one ongoing uh, with my love when I'm acting to strengthen the relationship and I can switch these around. And then my one move is I'm going to choose keys to the castle, which means uh, at any time I can reveal that I've been secretly listening to a conversation and I can roll with questions. Do you work here and are you dressed to blend in? Nice. And then, you know, I can listen to the conversation and depending on the outcome of the roll, I either get away scot-free, someone sees me, or I sort of knock something over and reveal myself dramatically. Nice. So it lets you get some information and maybe maybe cause some drama. Yeah. Uh, so Rosa, what moves and or features do you have? I would like to play one of my moves as was beautiful once when I remind someone of a time when I mixed business with pleasure and then I roll with the questions, are things strained between you now or do they have evidence of your advances? On a hit, my target gave themselves to you or reveal something important to you. Ask them any one question and they must answer honestly. On a 10 plus, you have proof of this as well. On a miss, you reveal more than you thought. They can ask you one question about you that they learned from you that night and you must answer honestly. And then I'm going to have tell Epifanio when you ask for someone to meet you over the phone or through an intermediary role with the questions, do I know about their past or have we been intimate before? On hit, they agree to meet with you to discuss things in good faith. On a 7 to 9, you can each set a stipulation of the meeting. On a 10 plus, you can set both stipulations. On a miss, they refuse and you mark a condition. Can I have a request? Yes. Okay. For this game, I would be most comfortable if we did not have anything beyond the veil please in terms of sexual content yeah can we just have oh yeah yeah no okay we, this is still a pg-13 okay podcast. good because i i don't yeah. i just there's no clothes taking off it's just a, i walk into someone's room the door closes fades to black and that's the end of that scene yeah yeah like pan up to curtains fade to black exactly uh, cut to a shot of the right. moon yeah exactly that's that's what i'm doves flying for. you know doves flying. Uh, <laughs> but for this we're gonna go as a passionate kiss and then we're done it's fair. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear for myself because this character does use a lot of physical relationships to get what they want. And I just want to make it very clear that I would really rather not <laughs> go beyond like the... And then I walked into his bedroom. Lights, mood music, fireplace cackling, and then it's the next morning and I'm already dressed. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no, no, we are still a PG-13 podcast, uh, so, so yes, we are going to fade away, cut to curtains, nothing explicit. Explicit romance, implicit sexuality. Yeah. So, with that, I think we are just about ready. There is one other thing that uh, Ladonia has, which is schemes, but we will talk about those at the top of the episode uh, when they are actually relevant. Mm -hmm. So, with that, we will see you for episode 200 of El Poder del Amor.